Okay, ready? Welcome to the Jesus Said Love podcast. Season four, and we have some big announcements. The podcast started as an extension of our work and ministry with survivors of sexual exploitation and trafficking. However, these conversations exposed a broader cultural issue impacting Christ followers. So starting in season four, this podcast will attempt to explore the big question, how do we live and love like Jesus today? We are moving the podcast under the religion and spirituality category to explore the wide context of Christ following. So please share the show with others. In this podcast, we will give space for conversation, compassion, and courage as we seek to love God and love our neighbor. Lastly, we're looking to grow our support as there has been no budget for this podcast. So if you listen to the show, would you consider supporting us even at $5 a month by going to JesusSaidLovePodcast.com? Supporters will get bonus content and savings on resources like books, products, and conferences, and raw live video footage of the recording. So how do we live and love like Jesus? Let's find out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. One of our uh, faves and part of our JSL fam, Elise Gill. Elise is uh, super special to us. She is an access grad. She now works uh, with an anti-trafficking organization in the Fort Worth area. I saw you do this and I was like, what's happening? I was, I was, I was, cause I knew you were going to start doing the gushing thing where you start saying really sweet things about <gasps> okay, me and okay. I was getting super embarrassed and I was like trying, cause I okay. smile when I'm, and I was like, <laughs> I, ha- I had like a moment. I was like reading the body language. Like, am no, I saying something wrong? Cause you're a fierce okay. warrior for your girls. You're like, I, Oh, something's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you. Um, no, it's so true. Gosh, I just love you. And I love the the creativity and the wisdom that you lead with and your wide love for people, for God, um, and how you're learning to really love who you are. Mm. That's That's been a pretty big and, transformation. And I love the sheer <laughs> sense of joy that you bring to whatever space that you're in. You walk into a room and it's like, oh, the light just went on because the light is here. And her name is Elise. (laughs) Guys, guys, stop it now. (laughs) Thank you. I I want, um, tell us, let's tell our listeners if they haven't heard from you before from previous podcasts, because we could be picking up some new listeners in season four who really don't know the Jesus Said Love story. They don't really know your story. So... Can what? I stop you there? Yeah. Elise appeared in a previous season. She did. That's Do what we remember saying. which one? Season two? I think. Mm-hmm. I think it, we will post in the notes yeah. the first episode that Elise was on. Right. And I believe you share your story. And you you, people can I, go there and listen. Yeah. So we're not going to get into like granular story work stuff, story in cool. narrative. We're going to. We're going to speed up into um, really this episode is about survivor wisdom and listening to the wisdom from survivors through their journey of transformation and really what survivors have to offer, um, not just in this space, but but just in life. Like survivors are 
part of our world and part of who we are as a collective. And so I think sometimes it's like siloed, like you, if you're a survivor, you have to work in this space, or if you're a survivor, you have to care day in, day out about human trafficking. And I just think there's like so much more wideness to Mm -hmm. how people live out their calling. And so we're going to kind of explore a little bit of that with you. Um, But tell us a little bit, take our listeners, just give them a high level view of who you are, how we got to know you um, (laughs) in that fun story. It's wild, dude. (laughs) Okay. High level view. All right. So I'm in rehab. Um, I did a short term at the Center Corps in Waco, which probably most people there are familiar with, even if you're not in the social, social fields anyway, or ministry. I mean, it's pretty. So I'm there. I end up uh, meeting Summer Shine, basically somebody who knew Summer Shine. So that's, that's our, that's how we bridge. That's how we bridge. So I'm at the long-term Center while Hurricane Harvey's going on. Right? Wasn't it Harvey that y'all were down it was Harvey, for? Yeah. yeah. So I've been in this um, therapeutic community for six months, which is highly traumatic, but really rewarding. Mixed feelings on that, mm. just saying. Mm. <clears throat> and then so um, I'm ready to go. And it just so happens that like I hit up my sponsor. I'm like, yo, I need to bounce. And she's like, hey, I think me and Brett are in freaking Houston, Houston right now. And so, and it just happened like, I actually, if I wouldn't have called y'all an hour early, it would have never even happened. So y'all just pick me up randomly. Um, <laughs> this random stranger, y'all pick me up with some Dunkin' Get in the car. Here we go. Yeah, with some Dunkin' Donuts. And you're like, I'm going to take you to Waco, to a sober living home. Um, yeah, so that's how we met. Um, we took it from there. So I ended up through conversation because you were curious. And now that I know the other side of it, I knew that you were super curious. Right. And you were you, like, you could see things in me that I just couldn't see and knew that I was a right fit for your access program. Um, and had me do the application. Like, I, I feel like you already knew before you even did the application that, you know, I, I think doing. summer had something to do with that. Too. Yeah. Yeah, she did. She, well, summer like is, is really champion. I, I was always, um, you know, I was just in a place where I couldn't trust anybody. Sure. It's just been a long process. Yeah. And so, um, it, it was just hard to find. The only person I could really truly connect with was that one was Kelly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, it turned out incredible. Um, y'all, y'all ended up um, taking me under your wings and I went through access, um, really found out what it was like to be um, integrated into the community. Mm-hmm. Um, the model of access was just brilliant. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the work that y'all did there just really paved the way for um, the work that we all did together really paved the way for how I got to my professional role. And honestly, my first professional opportunity was through networking through somebody that you knew, Lori Welch, who runs Woodwright, which is an incredible, um, incredible company. Um, And she was a podcast listener. She, she was a podcast listener who said, Hey, I hear you're talking to survivors. You're talking about access. Are any of them in the Dallas area? Would any of them want a job as a secretary? And I was like, I think I got your girl, you know, it was just wild. Yeah. So cool. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's crazy. What little, little, little yeses and little pieces of investment, little pieces of responsibility, different things that are thrown your way that really cultivate what is in somebody that has been dormant. You know what I mean? Really does ignite 
you know right. what I mean? Things in. Yes. That's that yes. that's so good that you say that because I think oftentimes we think, oh, I have to I have to go from A to Z. Mm-hmm. In reality, when you walk in community with someone, you may just go from A to B or A Ooh. to A and a half. Yeah. It's like this. You know, or A to N. And yeah. and I mean you jump from A to N and then back to O. And then you circle right. back and you're like, yeah, hey, I missed this step. I need to work it again. Yeah. For real. Yeah. That's real life. Yes. Um, and so uh, I was there for a while and then I just felt in my spirit, like the Lord was just continuing to like work in me. Um, I needed to move from where I was. I had to make some changes and and that has just been a process. It has just not been an upward climb for me. It just hasn't. There's been, I have like worked up and I have fallen down flat on my face and gotten up over and over and over. And that is what makes makes us so incredible. You know what I mean? Like, is that we will not stay down. Like there's just, I mean, and I'm going to fall so many more times in this life, but I promise you one thing, I'm getting real damn good at getting back up. Oh, (laughs) yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, that's just what it is. Um, Yes, you are. Yeah. So one of the things that I think is so really um, beautiful about the way you're wired is you too are a very curious person and you too see lots of things and lots of people um, that maybe the average person just doesn't see. So you kind of have this like intuitive way of of being. Um, And I saw that in access and I saw that in the way that you engaged others and sometimes when we're so like strongly gifted in that way, you know, it's just hard to see ourselves and value mm. ourselves because it's just kind of, you're so, you're so empathetic, you know, you're so um, gifted at drawing those connections with people. And so one of the things I wanted to ask is kind of at what point in your journey did you think I what, what, um, at what point in in your journey did you think, I want to work in survivor advocacy, I want to go get my degree in counseling or social work, whatever it is, I can't remember what your degree is you're getting right now, psychology maybe. When did you decide like, that's the lane for you? Like, how did you know? Because not every survivor chooses to go back and re-engage in this work. And that's okay. That's It's because it's not for everybody. So how did you know you wanted to go and work for an anti-trafficking organization after you were at Woodwright? Because I remember this conversation. You were like, hey, listen, you know, Corporate America is is fine and and we need it in some ways, but I don't think I'm cut out. I really want to do a job with purpose and impact and making a difference. What what was that wake up about? Um, so yes, two things. Um I don't know. Like I felt like it just at some point, like I think we're so selfish as human beings in so many ways. And I could just see where I was literally giving nothing. You know what I mean? Mm. And the, in the ways that I wanted to, just in my hurt ways, like in my, you know, unhealthy interactions, because I was living with my mom, my grandma at the time. So I was just seeing like a lot of, I think it was mostly like, I knew that for whatever reason I was supposed to be 
interacting with people and using what I'd been through, mm-hmm. you know, to, to love other people. And I didn't know how I was going to do that. And, um, but I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. I also had no idea what I was getting into. Like <laughs> I had no clue. Like, and I really didn't know what I wanted. God, I'm telling you, dude, like the way that he orchestrated, like the events and like the passion that I have now, he grew in me. Like mm. I have fallen in love mm. with this work. I have fallen in love with what it means to be a survivor. Mm. Like I, that has come with time. Like, you know, that is not, that was not the storage. I was just willing. Mm. I was just willing. I was eager. Um, and I love people. Yeah, like you do. I really do. I love people and I love stories. Yeah. And I love different experiences and I'm reckless. So I will do <laughs> pretty much, I will pretty much say yes to anything, which is a mm. good thing and a horrible thing. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I mean, it, you, you know, the vice and the virtue, when does it, be, you know, right. It's a fine line. <laughs> either, fine either line. way, you know, with the good, with the bad. So, yeah. So it served. So did you, you started taking classes at what was it a community college in yes. North Texas? And that's when you kind of landed on psychology. Is that right? Is that what you're pursuing right now? Yes. Yeah, so, um, psychology. Yeah. So it's always just fascinated me. Um, I was like, I knew I wanted to go psychology. I, it was really a friend of mine who, um, who encouraged me, her name's Rhonda, mm-hmm. encouraged me to go back to school because I wasn't even going to, I'm just telling you like, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew I needed to keep busy. Mm-hmm. And so when I got back into school, I was like, yes, yeah, psychology is definitely, is something I was always interested in. Um, and then from there, it, I was going to go to TCC, do the whole state thing and all that. And then the Lord was like, go check out and I was like, you're crazy, bro. What? I haven't yeah. heard this part. <laughs> yeah, I was like, nah, dude, I'm not doing that. <laughs> he was like, yeah, no, go over there. <laughs> Me, you and all <laughs> and the men. Like, yeah, dude. So, because I was like, no, nah, there's no FAFSA there. And do you, you do realize where you're, tr- you're trying to get me to go to the Southern Baptist Convention? Like, you, that, like, you in there where they do the robes and stuff for the convocation and all the things. You know, like, yeah. that's the real thing you want me. And yeah, he was like, yeah. So I'm pursuing a biblical counseling degree right now. I'm pursuing my master's there. I'm going to get my bachelor's in humanities. I'm going to work on the dual five-year program. So I got my associates through Hill. So instead of going to TCC for my undergraduate in psychology and then going forward with that, I'm doing my undergraduate in humanities, master's in biblical counseling, then I'll go for a master's in psychology, get my LPC, and then marry, you know, the mm-hmm. science and yeah. the you know, faith. Yeah. 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 Did you ever see yourself here? Huh? I mean, is my mic doing something funny? Yeah. Something crazy is happening. Sounds like it disconnected. It did. Am I back? No, you're back. That was weird. It started pinging up all these. Okay. No. Um, None of us ever see ourselves in where we end up. I mean, it's such a stupid question to say, did you ever see yourself here? Cause I just don't know many people who are like, yes, yes, I did. I saw myself perfectly in this spot. It's <laughs> a winding road. Um, and I think what's so, what's the most 
exciting part of this journey right now for you personally? Like what Mm -hmm. is it that tells you on the days that get hard that you're going to wake up because you didn't plan to be here. You didn't, I mean, this is all kind of like, what am I doing? You know? And do you have those moments that where it's hard, but there's some, what keeps driving you? What keeps this whole field of study exciting? Cause it's hard to be a student and work. I mean, you're adulting at the same time, you know? So what keeps you motivated? Oh my God. Um, so I am full-time have been like sharing an on-call with one other advocate at Unbound for two years, mm-hmm. crisis response as a survivor, healing, working, intentionally working on trauma, intentionally leaning into the uncomfortable spaces, intentionally saying yes, when all I want to do is say no mm-hmm. for two years. I'm also working, like I'm also waitressing part-time, um, down the street. I'm also doing school. Um, what keeps... I think what keeps me going is um, I'm so excited for what God's going to do with it. You know what I mean? Like I'm so excited to see how somebody else gets the chance to climb. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because mm-hmm. I, I, I just want to see more people get the chance to climb, you know, get the chance to taste and see, like get the chance to um, experience life in a way that, um, because it can be so different than the darkness and the hurt that we know. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It can mm-hmm. be so different from that. And um, I just want more people to have that authentically. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And then cultivate authentic, loving relationships around them. Breaking, you know, curses, like breaking, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Cycles oh, yeah. and however you want to call it, however you want to see it. Right. Whatever type of behavior, whatever model you want to look at it from. Yeah. I want to see healing and stuff. And that's what yeah. keeps me, that's what keeps right. me going because I know that the the more I stick around, the more I see it, not only in my own heart and life, but in this world. Like I went um, with Wendy for our retreat. Yeah. Rip. So shout out. Let's shout out real quick. Rip, so a lot of our listeners may know. Um, so Wendy Olson is an old friend who, who I'm randomly well, she's not met. Old. No, she's, she's, she's not an old woman. Is that what you mean? But she isn't yeah. an old friend of older friend of mine. <laughs> um, and so she connected with me, reached out for her podcast um, years and years ago. And I got her connected. I was like, do you know about the Allender Center? Well, she like went full on board and got her certificate in their training program. And then oh, she came, did? Yeah, Cert oh. One. And so then she came back to me and she said, I want to offer my services as a healing coach to trafficking survivors. Do you have any women who you would like for me to meet? And I was like, yeah. So I I gave her three names. Elise um, went and Summer went as well. But Elise continued um, to really foster a relationship and start the process of healing with Wendy. So is Wendy your healing coach right now? Bro, she is my guru. <laughs> Wendy is the bomb. Her and uh, Miranda Browning. Mm. She does work. She, I don't know Miranda. I know uh, of her, Miranda but I don't know a, her. She's on. She was at our, the luncheon anyway. She's she's staff with her. So, but it's just they are freaking incredible. And Wendy is such an is she's a healer, man. She, she has a way of being able to like, with love call you on your shit. Yeah. Um, she has a unique perspective on things. She's so open. 
get so focused on like the heart of God and um, empowering you. Like mm-hmm. she has really leaned into me in really busy times in my life and has really stuck it out. It's never, it's never been, she's above and beyond. Like mm-hmm. she really is above and beyond and super intentional and has a way of um, seeing you in places where you've never seen yourself. Um, mm-hmm. And perspectively, the Alan, I mean, anyway, yeah, just saying she's incredible. And anybody who receives, you know, receives love from her or time in her life is, is blessed. Well, and it goes to the point, here's what I want to shout out to those who are listening and who are watching is in, and are either a survivor yourself of sexual mm-hmm. violence, of exploitation, of trafficking or abuse, domestic violence, whatever it is, trauma, oh, big, survivor something. big tree, big T trauma, little T trauma. The point is Elise is doing the work and she is saying yes to those binds and those uncomfortable. She's learning to find space in the bind, which is part of the purpose of the bind. It's like, once you can name, it's part of the purpose. Like we actually have to have it in order to grow in resilience and in order to grow in confidence. And usually our human nature is just to say, this feels uncomfortable. Let me go drink some more. Let me go eat some more. Let me go shop. Let me numb out on social media. Let me go have sex. Whatever it is, um, we are wired to kind of self-sabotage. And Mm -hmm. so getting in those binds is actually an invitation for you and for me to address them, to name them, and then do the work by going, hey, I need therapy. I need a healing coach. I need someone in my life to join with me, to partner with me. It is so much easier and guilty of all of those different coping totally. things at the same time. You know, you're like, you're like what the hell? God, Which how one? can I multitask like this? I'm so freaking impressed right now. <laughs> I can shop and drink and have sex all in the same time. All at the same time. time. Amazon. <laughs> but like, but like really, I, I don't know. I, I think that holding myself accountable. The more people that I allow into my life, the more people that really truly love me, the more times they're going to knock on that door. Mm-hmm. And it is just taken, it's taken time because I, all this to say, because it feels weird. It doesn't feel right. Right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel right. It's just seems normal to just keep going, keep pushing, using different and, and finding new coping things that are really the same thing. They just were mm-hmm. wearing a different mask, bro. So like mm-hmm. being, being intentional about, um, getting uncomfortable and saying yes, you really want to say no has really saved me. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, cause none of it feels right. It's just, I know that usually my, my greatest ideas are probably the worst idea for me. You mm. know what I mean? Like if I, if I want to do this, like I really probably, and my brother told me, Ooh, my brother said this first off, he was like, at least what do you believe in? Like these, those open-ended questions, he rocked my world with that. It was just the right time, right place. Don't, mm-hmm. You know, when you hear it with your heart instead of your mind. Yeah. And then he was like, how long are you going to learn in pain? Mm. And I was like, dang. Or like tension, you know, the change comes out of the tension. The, yeah. um, the growth comes out of the pain. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I am learning that the pain looks different and um, I'm not having to hurt in the same ways to learn the hard way. Yeah. It's, you know what I mean? That's changing. Yeah, we don't have to make it so hard on ourselves. Like life is already effing hard. 
<laughs> like just sucking air in 2022 is all the hard you need. Like you don't, we don't have to choose harder right. and hardest. Right. Um, but we do mm-hmm. because we're just, we're humans, you know? And one of the hardest things that, you know, it's, it's funny that, that we choose, but is also a part of our healing is to offer healing to other people when we're right. really needing healing ourselves. So what's that been like for you? Cause you're, you're in the field for two years working one-to-one with victim services, crisis intervention, crisis management. I know what that's like. I don't know what it's like as a trafficking survivor. I do know what it's like as a survivor of childhood sexual abuse of certain types of exploitation. Um, What do you do when Mm -hmm. you are now in the field, Elise Gill, and you go on call to meet this child, this teenager, this woman who's identified as a trafficking victim? What does that do in you? Mm. So a lot of things. First off, like I'll touch on like what that kind of stuff does to you. Um, You're either, the first part of this role, I was either completely disassociated. You know what I mean? The more healing that, and the more I've been blessed by the work I've been doing and the more healing I've I've been able to accept and um, also walk out, the more present I am now with my clients and in these moments. So as it was super dissociative and was kind of like harnessing and harvesting bad coping skills, I I broke through at some point and now I'm able to be super present. Right now what that does is it like sucks you dry. Um, but then there's like the anxiety that comes with it, you know what I mean? The unknown, but there's also like a, you know, you just get to the point where you like put on a good jam you pray to the Lord. You're like ready for anything. You're used to being ready for anything. There's like a calm in the storm. You know, you're just like, I'm showing up. I'm, you know, I'm going to do what's asked. I'm going to say yes. And if I have to say no in some places, I'm going to say no. And yeah. you learn what your no's are. You learn what your yeses are. You, you learn, you know, that we're all just people and that sometimes you're going to have adverse experiences and reactions. And sometimes law enforcement isn't going to handle it right. I'm not always going to handle it right. Mm-hmm. We're all sometimes going to handle it like shit. But at least we're there, you know? And so, and sometimes it goes beautifully. Now, these law enforcement operations, those things all day long, that really can eat you up. And I'll see the things, like, I'll drive home reckless. You know what I mean? Like, I'll I'll listen to the radio too loud, and I'll have a large shake instead of a, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to get a little bit reckless. The next day, I'm not going to multitask the same way that I would Mm. two days prior. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm not going to be able to handle the six people that I would normally be able to handle fine. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to be able to handle one at a time, <laughs> Yeah, you know? Um, but also like there is a beauty of being broken and being with other broken people. Like that's, and that's the reality of it. We're all not there. Sanctification is a process like mm. growing and changing and being the best you, however you want to, however you want to shape it is a process. And so, um, 
I, and, and I like hypocrites mean when you were talking about that, like in the church, you know what I mean? Like that your testimony isn't valuable. You're a light on, you know, mm. yes, I am a light on the land, but I'm also a human who is messy <laughs> and learning and struggling and fighting back and forth. And, and if you want to, you know, if you want to base that on what your experience of too many times, the church is God mm. and too many times we make God the image bearer and mm. instead of the other way around. And it's just. Uh, yeah. so anyway, you are effective right where you are, as long as you show up and you're trying to say yes. And for me, I'm always, thinking, I'm always looking, you know, I'm trying to be, I want that, you know, and, and even when I didn't, I was still showing up and still trying my best. You know what I mean? And even when I wasn't trying my best, like I still showed up. Sometimes so you just wake up and you put on clothes or you don't. I'm telling you. And one of the parts of our manifesto that we always said in access is you show up you grow up. Boom. And it's, it's just true. It's like, we've started seeing it over and over and over again, that that is, people say showing up is half the battle. It's kind of most of the battle because there is so much that wars to keep us away. Um, you know, or all the different things we could be showing up in instead of. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's always gonna, yeah. How do you keep a loving, um, I mean, you've talked a lot about like what keeps you motivated is your hope for the future. Like you're hopeful. You can't wait to see kind of how God is going to use all of this and and what he's going to do in the future, not just for you, but for other people. Um, you've talked about loving people. How, when so much harm has been done to you and to your very good body, how do you not become angry when you're faced when you're around like the law enforcement scenes that take place all day, like it's a lot of men, it's a lot of uniforms, um, a lot of some of the things that you're triggered by. So how do you keep a loving disposition Mm. and not be so hostile and, and, and hold on to that anger? How do you let go of that? Well, I want to lead with something that would technically, um, be counter it's counterintuitive to like growth and healing so I'll leave that yeah. one last okay but <laughs> what I will say is that I recognize that we are all human we have all been hurt very 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 deeply in some way or another mm-hmm. and that environmental causes adverse responses and reactions um, and and that's just facts mm-hmm. and so I know that there are tons of work, broken people out there that are hurting people in ways that they can't tell in their heart. Like they're so numb to that, you know? And I have compassion for people who think that they can't, you know, Mm. be forgiven or people who think they're too far gone and they just keep walking out something because they know it. Mm. Or um, because I, I have just as I do, I have compassion for the trafficker. I do. I, I, I have compassion for everybody who somebody would say doesn't deserve it. Because inherently want, they deserve that. I just want to stop and say this is this is it. My Go, turn. Brooke. Go. I got to I got to jump in on this. Of course you can. Um, to hear you say that, um, like to have compassion on those who offended you, like directly. Yeah, that's huge to say. I love them. I love them. And I a while back, I um, so I've learned a lot in 
our stop demand school. I've learned a lot about offenders, about buyers of sex mm-hmm. um, and abusers of sex. Um, and there, there is a difference in the two. Um, and at the very beginning, I kind of took the position of our sheriff. <laughs> and I think some of it is just because it's, it, he thinks it looks good on TV, but to refer to these guys as scumbags, you know, they're scumbags, they're low lives, they're dirt bags, mm. lowest of the low. And I took that position early on until I began to hear their stories. And their stories were stories of their own trauma and their own, not, not one buyer to date over 220 something now um, has said, yeah, you know what? When I grow up, I want to, I want to buy a woman and, and objectify her and abuse her. Mm-hmm. Not one has said that. So somehow they ended up where they were, which was arrested for, for that crime and not to, not to excuse the crime by any means, but to at least no. join them in that space of, okay, there's a reason you got here. And it's not just because you wanted to buy someone like there's something deeper in your story. And so for me, I can find a space of empathy for that. And I got challenged a while back um, by a woman um, who said, who had, had been offended herself. And she said, I, I, it's easy for you to say that as a male because you've never been on this side of it. And that is correct. I have never been on that side of it. Um, but, but for me in relation to these men, I could find a space for that, but for her, she could not. And so to hear you say that you can find that space of forgiveness and care matters tremendously because you're the very person that was offended, that was robbed of, of your essence, you know, your glory was stolen by other people for, for, whatever a myriad of reasons. Totally. And so keep, keep talking about that. What is, what is that like to be able to, to go to that person who robbed you of whatever they robbed you of and to be able to say to them, I love you. Well, you don't have to do that. Well, there's a forgiveness. Yeah. There, there isn't a boast in it. Like I'm not boasting, but I was like praying for my, my, my trafficker yesterday, like just having a moment Mm. that I hope that his family as well, that, his daughter's, you know, was an incredible girl and that his grandbaby is so happy and that he is finding healing and becoming a better person so that he isn't continuing to hurt people. So they don't continue to hurt people. So what we're trying to do is just knock out the problem and kill hate with hate and be a piece of shit to everyone. That's going to work. No, it's, <laughs> you get love, you get acceptance, you get growth out of love and acceptance, you get change out of the complete counterculture. That's where they're, that's, that's the pair that like, that's the shift that you have to make. Like you let's scream at each other because we don't agree with each other and we're going to come to a resolution. You know, like, um, are you, it's so, it's so, so we, we reform, we restore, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So that we aren't creating to spread a disease so that right. we aren't breeding things that are killing our communities and our homes and our children right. and ourselves. Right. <laughs> so that we are waking up and we have a purpose and we're not dying each day when we go to bed, just wishing that we didn't have to wake up and be the same person that we were that we went to sleep as. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that sucks. And there's so many of us out there like that. And I can remember like just, and plus of those, I was the worst, like 
Mm. Of this, like, I did so much bad. I, I feel biased, right? There's, but it's really not that. It's just the facts. Like I could yeah. say that all day long, but that's that's a that's a cheap shot. That's like it's not that that would be that just takes away the truth of it. That we are human, mm-hmm. we suck, we have to love each other so we don't keep sucking. <laughs> okay, so how do you? Um, how do you? Because I think we sometimes get confused about what love and forgiveness looks like and what restoration and reconciliation might look like. Cause you can forgive somebody, but not be reconciled and you can forgive and have compassion for someone. But if they're unwilling to own their part, if they're not respectful of your boundaries, you, you can still love them, but not trust them. You can still extend. So like, I'm just curious, like you're praying for your trafficker, but are you like talking to him all the time? Are you like engaged with his life? I I don't know. I haven't talked to him. I haven't talked to him since I, since he put me on, uh, you know, put me on a bus. Um, Whenever I was on parole and running back to Texas or whatever. Yeah. I haven't talked to him, but has this gone? It's not like this uh, kumbaya, like all butterflies and rainbow shit. Like he was a piece of shit to me. Like he hurt me deeply. He wounded me very deeply. And people still like, there's still like joy in that for people. And I live with that every day. Like Mm. people like that still gain joy from the pain that I have and still suffer from, Mm. you know, and I live in that space, but that's okay. Mm. Cause all that's doing is hurting them. It's not breaking me. It's making me stronger. You know what I mean? That's, and, and that sucks. (laughs) Like, like that sucks because like, there's, there's so much more that they could be gaining from that space. Like with love, you know what I mean? Like there's so much more to be gained from that. Yeah. Um, But it it does, it has been super hard. Like there's just been, it has been really, really hard um, to face like the day-to-day things like walking in a room sometimes is not, it's the, sometimes it's the hardest thing to keep your head held up. Yeah. That yeah. sometimes is the hardest thing, but like you have to, mm. you have to, because if you don't do you you will drown. Like you yeah. just won't make it, you know? Right. And so, and how do you, keep, sometimes you have to drag. I'm, I'm showing up, I'm limping, but I'm showing up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, but that stays with you. You know what I mean? You, those types of things stay with you. You have to work through it in forgiveness. Like, it, people are, you know, everybody has their right. Like people are still mad. That is, that is understandable for me to be totally. mad is understandable. Like, right. It's not permission. So the shit that I did wrong, unexcusable right. shit that they did wrong, unexcusable. Right. You know what I mean? There's, I don't know how else to, you know, yeah. like it's not just like, but it's, it's, it's what sits right. It what It's what feels right. right. It's what seems peace to me. Right. I think that, um, the other beautiful thing that I've watched you get um, healing in and really start to live out even more is um, loving yourself and and learning to draw really healthy maybe boundaries um, with people or your yeses and nos what's good for you, what's, what's not going to serve you that day. Um, talk a little bit about why 
boundaries are so important and why this work can't be your full identity. Cause that's even a boundary there too, of like, I am Elise as a whole person. Elise is not defined by her performance at work. And we set those really good, healthy parameters um, so that Elise has autonomy to do the things that fill her up. What's that whole, what do boundaries mean to you? It has been so messy. <laughs> it has been so messy, but it has gotten so much better. Like, like a, it's like you want it to be a chain link fence. And like, it started out like as nothing completely bare and then complete brick walls and then yeah. just completely taken out in some areas. Like you're like, oh shit, there's no fence there for like 20 feet. And then you're like, yeah. And then every once in a while you start, you know, you start to get the chain link fence, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's where it's just right. So I've had, it's been trial and error, you know? I've just had to push myself to where beyond exhaustion, put my push myself beyond frustration in other areas, and then try like using my voice. I, I it's it's small implement, implementation where I can use my voice in, in places that I find semi comfort in. So like somewhere where I got to start practicing on where to use my voice was in a nail salon. I was just talking about it the other day. Like awesome, it's a small practical place to start using your voice. Like mm. if you don't want, want something, say something. You know what I mean? Like if you aren't happy with something and you don't have to do, you can do that in love and do it in respect. You know what I mean? You don't have to be a dick about things, but yeah. I have a not out of intention, like just being super triggered and stuff like, <laughs> but like not intentionally, but you know what I mean? Like it's a good place to like put your foot down. And right. Well, and, and we can see that you have nails that you have beautiful nails. You got one like Adele should nails. or should not put their foot down about if it's not done correctly. I'm just saying, dude, they're expensive. They are. You <laughs> you guys and your nails, because like these little nubs right here are not <laughs> beautiful. They're <laughs> beautiful. beautiful. Our mommy. All the hand. reason you need the nail cleaner. See? <laughs> <laughs> no, if I had those, if I had those nails, I would need a nail cleaner. I I, I would be it would dude. be third world torture if you put I'm that thing up you, in these. It is a problem, bro. I'm always like <laughs> Have you, hey, have you ever wanted to just say, screw it, I give up? Hell yeah. All the time. Well, (laughs) every day, every hour. (laughs) All the time. Well, okay. So it's that sustainability thing. I just didn't feel the work a year ago. And like I said about that whole disassociation to being super present, like I'm not the same person I was in my professional or personal life a year ago that I am today. And it just takes a toll on you in different ways. So like just recently, I've just been, I've just been tapped, man. You know what I mean? I'm just being super transparent, like yeah. tapped. Yeah. Like I'm not going to get specifics, but like, you know, and yeah. you just, sometimes you just like, I I would rather, <laughs> anyway, sometimes you just want to throw your hands up. You want to do three random jobs like that don't really, you know, just so you can get through the grind, you know? Oh, but, I get like, it. God won't, God won't let he, you know, we had to talk about it and he was like, <laughs> He was like, bro, really though? He's like, really? And I was like, he's like, you will not even be happy. Like you won't be happy after you do it. Does he speak to you in the real world version? Yes. He's like, you need to sit your ass down (laughs) right now. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, And I love it. Sometimes he sounds like my grandma. The other day he was like, honey, it's going to be fine. You're going to get it. Oh. Sometimes he hits you with that. Uh Oh. Yeah. And I think in those moments, again, that's the bind that we find ourselves in. And I had this um, therapist who told me that the brink or the line between like burnout and 
thriving is actually a really thin line that it it's it's like a Ooh, it's just yeah i mean this line of like i am at my end yeah and then suddenly it's a reframe it's a new perspective it's learning that maybe the reason i'm burned out is because i haven't been using my voice because right. i haven't been naming my needs because i've not been you know asking for help i maybe yeah. i've lacked in my um yoga practice or my taking a walk or being in nature or whatever it is that fills you. Yes. I think think we can all go and we get to the brink of burnout. That just means something hadn't been working that used to work and it's not working. And when we go into performance mode. So I've noticed like for work and for school and for this other job, like if I'm not taking the intentional time to move my body, feed my spirit, Mm. like be with people who, who are my people. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that we get to vibe, like I am. And then I just start performing. Everything. Like yeah. I just start just grinding it out, just heads up, smile on, like not present running through the day before, you know, it, you're like, Oh shit, I need a nap. And then you sleep for 16 hours and you feel like crap the next day and your body is like, you can't even eat anything. Right. Like nothing's working. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Reframe. Yes. Yes. You would say reframe. She's from Colombia. <laughs> I love it. Refresh. She's got these big, beautiful lips. Oh. Refresh. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm going to picture her just coming into my life right now. I don't even know her. But I need her to say that to me. She does my biblical counseling, too. She oh, that's so glorious. Um, God, something else. God's kind of petty and funny. I just I just realized it. Like, he even placed my, he places my tattoos and stuff. So I got never surrender like an Italian, but it's right over my ditch. I used to shoot up. Yes. Anyway, I was like, he's just, it was funny. (laughs) It's funny. (laughs) It's amazing. Never mind. (laughs) I love your, no, it's so practical though. There is a practicality of God and spirit and Jesus. There's such a practical fleshy way that God just speaks and moves. And it's just amazing. Speaking of your arm, is is it the arm that was blown out? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I want see if you're only if you're a subscriber, can you see can this? Can you actually see the the arm? And I remember you telling me that story when we picked you up from rehab, but it's it's a miracle that you are alive. Yeah. It's true. I was dying a few days later and I wouldn't have made it. Like I had gone septic because I'd been shooting up in it for so long. It had gone necrotic. Um I had MRSA. It was spreading all my organs. So MRSA's is a, an antibiotic resilient staph infection. It started going into all my organs, my blood. I, I was I was dying. Everything was shutting down. I thought I was I was losing weight and everything, and I thought I was looking so cute. It's because I was dying. <laughs> I was literally dying. And so I went in and I was out of my mind too. I was in the drug abuse psychosis at the time as well. So just to add on top of that, which has also been something that I've battled, like mm-hmm. just mental health in general. Mm-hmm. Is and I don't take medication. Um, mm-hmm. I have. It's not. It's, I'm not anti-medication, right? I'm, I'm at all. You know, it's just something that I. Anyway, it's been a process, and and if right. I ever sought needed to, I would. Sure. You know, I just say that as a disclosure for the you know other people. Like never, right. don't seek help because you want to try and cope or pray something away. Like right. I think that science is a valuable tool given to us by the Lord. So yeah. Absolutely. Anyway. Yeah. It's it's a miracle, and it's such a beautiful thing that you got that tattoo, uh, you know, around it as proof 
of just the miracle. What do the numbers mean? Okay. So it's, um, it's Italian. Oh, Italian. And it, yeah. And it says, um, uh, my added and and it means never surrender. Never surrender. To never surrender. <laughs> Bring never in the eighties. Yeah. Oh, never wow. give up. Never surrender. Yeah. Wow. And I'm left-handed, so I didn't know if I was going to be able to write, and I can write. The only thing, it messed up my pool game a little bit, but I shot a really good game last night. I want y'all to know. Sweet. Oh, I shot God. a really good game last night. Come back. No. Come back, kid, right here. <laughs> Would you play eight ball or nine ball? Eight ball. Okay. Nine ball, I don't know. Like, whatever, guys. Y'all. Come on. Next time you're here, I will tear you up as a nine ball. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's go, then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know that you play pool, Brett. I've been with you um, 22 years. I don't even know. Time. Eight ball, nine ball. What? I've never yes. played a pool game with you. Babe, we have two. When have we played pool? I mean, we hadn't Let's probably go. played in a minute, but we have played along the years. Babe, I played all the time in college. What the heck? Not, not when I, it's amazing. Okay, Elise. You're coming to town. Our, our anniversary is pool. this week, and she's just now realizing <laughs> I know what nine ball is. I don't know. You I even know me. about putting putting some English on that ball. Oh, and I would always, I would always say put some old English on that ball. Yes, old E. In reference to that terrible cologne you'd get at Eckerd's. Remember Eckerd's? Oh, oh, I love Eckerd's. I was just talking about Eckerd's the other day. Who bought them out? Was it CBS? <laughs> Maybe one of Walgreens. Maybe it was CVS. I bought them. Maybe it was Walgreens. Oh my gosh! You guys, you're learning something new every day. Thank you, Elise, for bringing to bear. I, I mean, maybe we need a pool table. Hey, I'm thinking. Hey, I might end up like um, trying to go to Baylor, get my psychology. Just saying, be a thing. I don't know. I could be a bear. Then we could meet at crickets and play pool. We could play some pool and some shuffleboard. Hey, did y'all see that Susan Peters got like alumni of the year? Yes. I just saw that on social media. I think maybe Joe or somebody somebody posted it. I know. She got the Pro Tessana Award. It's amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. It's cool. And that does that just mean like Pro Texas? Now Baylor Baylor needs to give y'all money for the village. (laughs) (laughs) Baylor has been very kind. Well, Baylor. Baylor gives like five or six awards to alumni at various stages. And Mm -hmm. there's like young alumni, which is under 40, which I don't know why that had to be the break. Why couldn't it be under 60, (laughs) but whatever. But the Protexana is is the alumni in the ministry slash nonprofit sector doing great things. And so kudos to Susan Peters, director of Unbound. That's right. Partner organization who um, Elise works for in their Fort yes. Worth DFW, you know, um, field. Okay. So as we round out, um, want to ask you this question about what is a song or album that is like, you're having the worst day. Mm. I need to get out of this funk and I need to turn it up and jam. What's that going to be? Sublime, 40 ounces to freedom. Sublime. Period. He didn't even blink an eye. Period. Yeah. <laughs> Bam. Yeah. Sublime, okay. 40 ounces to freedom. Oh. Yeah. I love it. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. I if don't anyone's even know listening that song, but and whatever. needs a jam, turn up the sublime. I'm just saying if you like some reggae and don't sleep on that album. Okay. Don't okay. Also, Stevie Ray Vaughan is always a good choice. Mm. And Maverick City Music Story I'll Tell is like my anthem. 100%. If you have not listened to that, you need to do something with your life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. And ladies you know, and gentlemen, this is our dear friend, Elise Gill. <laughs> it is Elise Gill. The wide, what I love, what I love, love, love about working with women like you is and knowing women like you is there's so much freedom and there's so much openness and there's so much wideness to your life and to your faith and to your walk. And that's just freedom. It is for freedom that Christ set us free, you know? And so I just... We will walk in your freedom, walk in your liberty. (laughs) What are we doing? What are we singing? Um, I just love it. worship song from the 90s, Daryl Evans. Come on, give me some credit. Okay. Daryl Evans, come on, Emily. I've forgotten. Thank you. We, me and Wendy were talking about you and I was like, dude, it's because like, it's hard because like talking about feeling exploitation as a survivor leader and different things like that. And just that, I just feel so, so seen by you. You're such a warrior. Like mm-hmm. you are such a lover and a healer and a, a creative. And there's just like a, and Brett, you just compliment her. I mean, she compliments you too, but you compliment <laughs> her so well. You, know, you compliment her so well. And like, um, you, I just, Y'all are, y'all are the real deal. I'm just, mm. I'm so for y'all. That's why anytime y'all ever ask me, about it, it's an honor and it's always a yes. Mm. Always to give, oh, like, kind. To, to give back or show up for y'all in any way is the, is the absolute honor and joy in my life. Like, mm. because y'all love me and saw me and, um, and I know y'all do that for other people and there, it would be crazy not to be a part of what y'all are doing in Waco, period. Mm. So if y'all are out there and like trying to figure out like if this is something you want to be a part of, like if this is something you care about, yes, because y'all are changing lives. So, I mean, there's, it's a no-brainer. So mm. it's not something you have to wonder if you want to give about. Anyway. The feeling is mutual. Feeling yeah. is mutual. I love we you. are We are a hard yes for <laughs> Elise Gill. So, and we and will. And your nails. Thank you. They have their own. Do they have their own Instagram or something? I they don't know. do. They look like they your go, nails <laughs> need their own Instagram. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, we love you. I'm so glad to see your beautiful face, and good luck with all the things that you've got going on. Take care of yourself, and and just bring so much. You bring so much goodness to the world. So, Thank we you. love you. Love you. I love you guys. Thank you. Okay. So much. Good wisdom. Crickets. Crickets, it's on. You're saying, let's go. (laughs) I love her.